You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing well. Uh, How about yourself? I'm not doing too bad. It's been one of those days where it's just... It was a little bit more calm than it was yesterday. Yesterday was one of those days where I felt like I didn't have five minutes to spare. I was just constantly doing one thing right after another, right after another. So I didn't really have any time, I felt like. But mm-hmm. nonetheless, let's get into... Uh, we got a we got a wide array of stuff we're going to cover today. We want to cover some stuff with Russia and some new developments there, which I think that's just another wedge that they're trying to drive to try and stir up some kind of a conflict there to kind of throw into this mixed bag of tricks that they're trying to throw at us right now. Uh, I want to talk about some COVID stuff. You know, we said yesterday when we were talking about some of these um, some of these mask rules and whatever, I'm not going to call them laws, certainly not, because that's not what they are. We're going to get into possibly how they're inflating these numbers. And because we're we're looking at guys like Fauci at the National Institute of Health in the US, and he's saying that we're looking at possibly 100,000 cases a day. And we thought, okay, how's he getting those numbers? Where's the you asked yesterday, Bruce, where's the data? Where's the data that supports those types of numbers? Well, we might have an answer for that. So we'll get to that later on today as well. We'll talk about what New York's doing as it relates to that. Also, we can get into some stuff with CHOP. Uh, The Seattle police are in there right now clearing that out and making arrests because the mayor ordered the protesters to leave because she got a little upset last night. They were hanging out at her house and she wasn't very happy about that. So we'll talk about that coming up here in just a little bit anyway. Okay, so let's start with the Russia bounty thing. So what is this? I've heard talk of this, but I don't exactly know what it is. I heard something to the effect that Putin's working with the Taliban to target U.S. troops and hold them for ransom or have them killed or something. What, what, what is this? So basically, in a nutshell, they were they were having supposedly had a bounty out to kill Americans. And I believe it was 20 to twenty five thousand dollars for their uniform. Now, the argument is right now that the the president has said he didn't know anything about this at first. Right. That that was his first statement on this. And obviously the media and the Democrats are trying to shove a wedge in between him and the military. And they're making this a whole political statement. The problem with this information is, and the reason the president wasn't briefed on this, they couldn't verify the info. Now, from what I've heard from people that are, uh, you know, served in the military and were part of intelligence, they were saying that there's a lot of these reports that come out that are misinformation disinformation. They're just trying to throw information out there to try to, uh, you know, put a wedge between them. There, there was at one point, uh, Russia was encouraging uh, a peace treaty between the Taliban and uh, America. And that that was their stance, like you guys need to do it. But at the same time, there was reports that Russia was putting bounties on US soldiers for the Taliban. So I mean, it didn't make sense, you know, is it possible that Russia is doing this? Absolutely. I mean, Russia is a dangerous enemy, right? But at the same time, there's no proof backing the statement up. So that's why the president wasn't briefed on it. You don't take information and intelligence that cannot be backed up, cannot be proven to your superior officer. 
you know, so same thing. That's why the president knew nothing of it. That's why the president hasn't really taken action on it, though. To say the president hasn't taken any action against Russia is a, a false statement because he's taken a harder stance against Russia than uh, the previous administration did. The previous administration was about, uh, you know, the restart, you know, the reset button thing that they claimed to do, which was they, they completely failed on the translation of the button. And I believe it was overcharge is what it translated to or something. But mm-hmm. anyway, the president has been much heavier handed as far as uh, handling Russia. Uh, as opposed to the previous administration. So, yeah, it's kind of a in a nutshell, that's what's going on there. Why do I feel like this is a ploy from corrupt Democrats to try and start a war with Russia again? Why, why, do I, why am I getting that vibe off of this? So I, I don't know if that is their entire intent to start a war. What I do believe is that they're trying to drive a wedge between he and the military. If he can get if they can get the military and to basically take a stance against Trump, then that will hit a lot of Republicans as well, because Republicans typically are, you know, supportive of military, not saying Democrats on either the average Democrat, but Republicans tend to be more patriotic in that sense. So I I think it's more of an election. It's politicking basically. Yeah. And it's, I mean, we're going to see things get more crazy as the election gets closer. I mean, that's what it's going to be. And you've got Republicans now, the the GOP establishment type, McConnell and the rest of them, right? They're out there now jumping on board with, uh, with Biden, that type, right? Now I'm not, I'm not saying that's, you know, McConnell specifically, but they're the ones out there now that are pushing for this, this mask wearing garbage, Right. You got McConnell out there with a with a mask on saying it's got to be done. You know, Dick Cheney. Right. Dick Cheney says wear a mask. Real men wear masks. That's Dick Cheney. Right. That's Dick Cheney. I don't give a damn what Dick Cheney has to say. OK, I, I don't care. But this uh, this nonsense that now all these people are getting on McConnell's come out and said, put on a mask. It's not complicated. Well, well, Mitch. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. When the government mandates you wear something, then that becomes that becomes complicated. Mm-hmm. And you of all people, you of all people that are supposed to represent the quote, air quote, opposition, you of all people should be pushing back saying, uh, this is a fascist move from the fascist left and we're not having it. That's what he mm-hmm. needs to be saying. Not put on a mask. It's not complicated. What kind of a kowtow response is that to the American people that are looking to you for some kind of leadership from the Republican side? What kind of answer is that? That is is unacceptable. That's unacceptable. Why are the good people in his district, why are they not sending him home? Just thought I'd throw that out there. Why, why are the people of Kentucky, why are the good people of Kentucky not sending him home? Because as far as I'm concerned, through all this, through all this, this whole COVID, all this coronavirus nonsense, he's done nothing but play party politics. He's done nothing but play party politics. Where is the Republican Party, with the exception of a ver- with a very few with the exception of a very few, where's the Republican Party? Where's the leadership on anything when it comes to this stuff? So I can see where they are as far as like what their stance is as far as uh, like the military side of it. Right. That's always been a that's always been a thing with them. But again, you know, the whole Russia thing, you know, I didn't mean to get off onto the COVID thing, which we'll get into that here shortly. But, you know, the, the Russia thing, I don't know, man, it, it just it doesn't smell right to me. It just doesn't smell right to me. It, it just feel it feels bad. The whole thing feels bad. Yeah, the the whole Russia thing, this wouldn't have come out uh, if it wasn't for politicians exposing it. Now, unfortunately, I don't remember which one it was that that spoke this out. But 
suffice it to say, they're not a strong Trump supporter. And the fact that they brought it out that with intelligence, this is the thing, it can't be proven. There's nothing backing it up. It's just hearsay. So why did this come out uh, to the public? What, well, we know why, because it, it, it you know, it, it paints Trump in a bad light. But mm-hmm. that that's the point. That's why I don't trust this. That's why I, I don't think it's uh, I, I think this is all a farce is specifically that Russia doesn't care about our election stuff. What they care about is creating conflict. They like the chaos. If we're infighting, that means we're paying less attention to them. By the way, just on a side note, since you bring that up, you know, there's another country in that part of the world that cares pretty much about the same thing. They're just a little bit south of of Russia. They kind of share a little bit of a border there. It's called China. Mm -hmm. They have Mm -hmm. a very vested Mm -hmm. interest in our elections one way or the other. And they have a very vested interest in keeping everybody in the U.S. and fighting. Like I said yesterday, you notice what you don't hear in the news anymore? You don't hear anything about China. Not word one. You could you could turn on any mainstream media television network and watch it for four hours. I guarantee you, you won't hear one story about China. Nothing. There's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. But what we hear in the beginning, right? Russia, 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 Russia collusion. His inauguration day. NBC, right? They they were walking down the street, you know, because he takes the limo ride and then he got out a couple of times. Mm -hmm. He was coming down the street, headed to 1600 Pennsylvania from being inaugurated, right? He was headed to the White House while the moving trucks were there for the Obamas. It was kind of funny. And as he was heading to the White House... NBC was talking about how we're still uh, we're still possibly looking at whether or not this is even a valid uh, election because uh, the Russia involvement that, that still needs to be investigated. They were pushing it two hours after he was inaugurated. Two hours. Yeah. So I don't believe any of this stuff. I, I really don't. I, I don't believe any of this stuff, especially when these people seem to be for it. I don't believe any of that crap. So if the media is for something. I'm against it, right? I'm to that point. I, I'm against it. I, I don't care what these people say. I, don't, I really don't care what they have to say anymore. I'm a John Ziegler right now, you know? Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm right there, right? I, I'm with that guy. So yeah, when those people die, if there's a hell, that's where they're going. All right, the media. So COVID cases, <laughs> God, I can't believe we're back to this nonsense again. All right, so COVID cases, right? They're surging, right? They're surging in Arizona. They're surging in Nevada. They're surging in LA. They're surging in the Bay Area. They're surging in Texas. They're surging, they're surging everywhere. Why are they surging everywhere? Why are we seeing all this? Of course, you can't ask whether or not you were out there as part of the riots two weeks ago. You can't ask that. I was talking to Marty right. today very briefly. He wants to get into they've had to lock another city down over there in the UK because of the spike in cases, which I guarantee you it's possible. OK, which it could be possible that they're using the same counting method, if that's the case mm-hmm. that we're going to get into mm-hmm. here in just a few minutes, which if that's the case, that would make sense. But what's happening in the UK Again, same in the U.S. You can't ask whether or not you were part of a protest. Why not? Why not? Why can't you do that? What's so bad about that? What's so terrible about that? Now, if you were at a, say, a, I don't know, a salon getting your hair cut, oh, well, you just want people to die. But if you're out there burning a neighborhood to the ground, well, you're just exercising your right to a peaceful assembly, right? Well, unless you're Lori Lightfoot, in which case, you know, it just matters that you care about your appearance and everything because you're a public figure. Uh, the mayor, right? If you're the mayor, then it's okay for you to go and get a haircut. You're not out trying to get people killed. Bruce, if that's what you really think, then there's nothing intelligent that I can say to you. (laughs) 
Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I had to. Uh, uh, I had yeah. to. So, okay. Yeah. If you think that they just stood by and watched the neighborhoods go up, then there's really nothing intelligent I can say to you. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just it's such a joke. Okay. So why are these cases surging in Arizona, in Nevada, in LA, and in the Bay Area, and in Texas, and things like that? Why, why is that happening? We talked yesterday about Fauci and how he's calling 100,000 cases. Well, let's do some math. He's calling 100,000 cases. Was it a day? He was calling 100,000 cases a day? New cases yeah. a day? Yeah. Okay. Those are diagnoses, by, by the way. That, those are not deaths, right? He'll get to that later, I'm sure. But we're talking about 100,000 new cases a day. All right. As we were going through trying to break down the timeline of this thing, Fauci was saying 100,000 a day. But when did he start? He started that just a few days ago, right? So he started that just yeah, a few days ago. just recently. Yeah. Okay. So he started that a few days ago, and now we're back to today. He's, he's saying it again. All right. Where's he getting those numbers? Where's he getting those figures? You brought it up yesterday. He said, where's this data coming from? Well, mm-hmm. we might have an answer to that. And the answer to that is the way that they're classifying the cases. Again, they've changed everything. They changed everything in the initial stages of corona. They've changed everything in the post stages of corona. So you can say what you want about the rioting and, and all that stuff. You can say whatever you want about that. But what we're going to talk about here makes all that irrelevant anyway. So it, it doesn't matter at the end of it. You can say, well, that's all those people that were out there protesting and all those people that were out there rioting and looting and burning. They're the ones that are responsible for it. But the media is giving them cover. OK, well, that might be. But this little tidbit is giving more cover to it of how they're counting it. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to play a clip of what was discussed in Collin County, Texas. OK, this is just northeast of Dallas. And it encompasses the uh, the Plano, McKinney, and, and Frisco areas. Okay, this is what's. I want you to hear this. Okay, this is what has been adopted by the state of Texas. That's been handed down from the NIH. Okay, so this is how Fauci's calling a hundred thousand cases a day. All right, so I want you to hear how they're going to calculate these from now on. This is going forward. Okay, so let, let me just pretext who's going to talk here. So you're going to hear Aisha Suri. She's from the Collin County Epidemiology Department. Okay, she's going to explain how they're going to classify new COVID cases that are going to be emerging. Okay, I, I want you to hear this. State of Texas DSHS has informed public health departments that they are they have adopted a revised definition for. COVID-19 probable cases. So for confirmed case, it stays the same. You still just need PCR. But now they've added a probable case definition. Uh, So that still gets counted towards the case count. It's different. It's not confirmed. It's probable, but it's still a case. So at the end of this definition, there are 15 different options on how you could be classified as a probable case. Based on this diagram and what they report, there's a total of 17 cases now. One is still only confirmed because that was that original index case who then had all these contacts underneath in orange and all the rest of them became probable, but they are still considered a case. It has the potential to be a very significant event for us here in Texas and here in Collin County as the state now has has elected to adopt this new probable definition. If you have a subjective fever and you have a headache and you live in Collin County, you now meet the qualifications to be a probable COVID patient. It is remarkable how low the standard is now. Mm-hmm. If you have one of the major um, symptoms, you have a cough or you have shortness of breath 
and you live in Collin County, then you can satisfy the definition for a probable COVID case. But I'm very concerned that we absolutely could see the numbers jump uh, very rapidly in a way that actually is not indicative of what we're seeing here in the community in the public health department. First of all, I don't even know what to say to this. All right. That, that's the first thing. The second thing, that was a commissioner's court that was held in Collin County, Texas on May 18th. Okay. So about six weeks ago is when that happened. And so you calculate six weeks into the time that they were hiring contact tracers and the time it takes to train them and get them out into the field and start reporting numbers. So they are trained on the new way to classify this that was developed six weeks ago. So you do a three to four week training course, you do the offset, then you've got Fauci coming out calling 100,000 cases a day. You've got the Collin County Commissioner coming up and saying, he was the guy speaking, I believe, you have him coming up and saying, we have a potential here to see a rapid rise in cases, a significant rise in cases very rapidly. And so this is precisely where they're getting the 100,000 a day. And he says the state of Texas has adopted this. This is why we're seeing the surging number of cases in Texas. Then we're seeing it rapidly. I can almost assure you that this is the same theory that they're using all across the country, especially in the blue states where they're going to adopt it because they've got the health officials on board in those counties, in those districts, in those cities. So the math that you were able to break down, Bruce, what did you come up with? So I figured he was saying 100,000 a day, right? That, that's what his um, mm-hmm. estimation was. Now, if they're using this new system, right, and it's 16 people, which I thought it was one person's actually infected and then 15 others are checked. No, it's, it's actually 17 altogether, right? So my figure is yes. going to be a little off. Yes, it would be one um, confirmed case. The way she described it is you have with all the classifications. And he said uh, he said he, he even said the commissioner, even the county commissioner even said he couldn't believe how low the standards were for a classification. Yeah. If you have a subjective fever or a headache, like if you have a let's say you're running a fever of what, ninety nine point seven, you've got covid like that's that's where they're at with this. That That's that's what it's on par with. If you have a headache then you have COVID. That's where they're at. And if one person has it and the contact tracer gets to you, then anyone else you've been around up to 16 people can now be on top of you can now be classified as COVID, even though they only have one confirmed case. Right. So uh, the no- I, I could figure the number again here. Let, let's let's take it in light of 17 instead of just 16. So in essence, what this means is uh, with contact tracing and everything for every one confirmed case, right? So you're having 16 other cases, you know, based on your contacts. That means it only takes 5,882 people a day to be infected across the nation. That's all it takes to have 100,000. So if we're looking at 5,000 infections, I'm going to get crazy here on it. So if you've got 5,000 headaches across the country, mm. you've got 100,000 mm. COVID cases a day? Yeah, that's basically that's basically what it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll even throw the number up higher. We'll, we'll say 6,000. OK, just just for the ease, you round it up, right? Just for the ease of it. You have 6,000 cases a day. Currently, I believe the, let's see here, today's increase was... 43,000. That's the confirmed uptick across the nation today. Now, these plans have already been in place for going on two months now. So they could already be using these cases, however, or, you know, using this this procedure. However, that means 43,000 people times that by 16. That's that's effectively what's going on here. <laughs> okay, so 
This right here, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, hearing the way that they're describing this and the way that this procedure is now taking place, this blows a hole in the entire thing. Like it's it's done. Yep. I'm sorry. You're you're done. Your goose is cooked, to use a, a classic saying here. I don't care if they come out and say, well, we're going to have 200,000 new cases a day. Everything that they have just presented in that report debunks all reasonable sense. So the next question becomes, what do we do about it? What do we do about it? You know, I said yesterday about the mask thing. You know, we were, we were talking about masks yesterday and the uselessness of them. The only way that's going to stop. OK, it stops one of two ways, right? One of two ways. I said yesterday you want it to stop. Stop listening to them. Ignore them. OK, that's the first thing. But see, here's the problem. Good minded people, mainly conservatives in this case and classic Democrats. OK, in America, you don't want to break any laws. That's the problem. Well, what if they're throwing an illegal law in your face? Are you going to stand up and, and take that? See, this ends when we the people say it ends. Until we the people say it ends, they don't stop. They do not stop. They are 110% committed. I told Marty a month ago here when we were doing our New World Order podcast, when we were discussing... Uh, it wasn't conspiratorial. We were just discussing groups that are openly out there that people discuss that claim to be part of a new world order. So we thought we should just have the discussion. Please go back and listen to it if you like. Uh, we did a two-parter on it. When we were talking about that, I said, look, it's two outs, bottom, to use a baseball analogy, it's two outs, bottom of the ninth, that are swinging for the fences. They've got nothing left to lose. They're going to push. You know, the degenerate governor from my state, Ohio, Governor DeWine, do you know what he came out and said yesterday? A mask is a symbol of freedom. He actually said that. He actually said a mask is a symbol of freedom. That's a symbol of subjugation. That's a symbol of being a slave to the system. That's what it is. Dick Cheney saying real men wear masks. Well, you know something, Dick? I guess I'm not a real man like you, right? I guess I'm not. Mitch McConnell. How much of a disappointment is he? How much of a disappointment is that guy? You're supposed to be out there leading, sir. Instead, you're out there conforming because you're afraid. What are you afraid of? The mob will come for you just the same as it'll come for all the rest of us. You cannot cower in fear to these people. Like I said, the mask thing, the covid stuff. You know, I had somebody tell me that <laughs> I had somebody tell me they had to go into a 14 day quarantine because they they took a trip to see one family member in Florida. <laughs> this is how ridiculous this is. People flip out when they go back when they try to go back to work. This is how stupid this is. This is what they're doing to people. Do you understand what this is actually causing? The mental damage that you're doing to people, the anxiety that you're raising in people. And on top of that, you're making them wear masks that deprive them of oxygen. Have you people lost your minds? This ends when we the people say it ends and not a moment before. And when I say we the people, I include people from not just America. I include people from all other nations that want liberty and freedom and justice because that's what these people are going to receive, I assure you. As sure as I'm sitting here, these people will have justice handed down upon them. They will for the crimes that they have committed and that they are continuing to commit to you, to me, to your family, to your neighbor, to your country, all of it. They will pay for this. You don't get to do this and get away with it. So it ends when we the people say it ends. Well, we've talked about it before with the masks and everything, just to, to kind of hammer that in a little bit. the uh, When you look at the numbers and everything behind masks, uh, I believe it was uh, about for the cloth masks. Uh, it's in the range of uh, 20 parts, 20 microns. It's about 20 microns. Uh, if you're really if you have really good fabric, you know, the really expensive stuff that has a lot of thread count, you might be able to get it down to five microns. 
the problem is the virus is 0.1 microns. It's not going to stop it. So the argument about um, basically uh, subjugation and everything, sub, subjugation, there's, there's an element of it as well. It's creating class warfare in a sense, because you have the people that are willing to, they're so terrified and so in fear of this virus that, by the way, only 0.5% of the people that actually get it uh, die. 0.5%. So, you know, keep that in mind. They're so terrified of this, right, that it's creating this divide between people that don't want to wear a mask and the people that wear a mask. And it's going to be a lot easier to say, um, well, these rats that aren't wearing masks, we need to deal with them. It's going to make it a lot easier for someone to come to come into power to do something like that. And, you know, we've never seen anything like that happen in history before, right? I think if that's the case, then as people that believe in liberty and freedom, our task is pretty clear at that point, isn't it? I mean, well, yeah, yeah. At that if point, if yeah. a government comes out and mandates that I'm just going to throw this one out there because it's it's kind of for me as as somebody that's a, a history buff and someone that understands where things go when you have a government forcing people to wear something. I'll remind you that there was a certain out of control, psychotic dictator on the continent of Europe sometime in the neighborhood of, I don't know, 1932 to 1945. He made people wear something, too. And look what happened to them. This is the road you go down when you have an out of control government forcing people to wear something. That's where we're at. You want to know who the fascists in America are? It's the people handing down this illegal policy. That's who they are. Uh, it, it never happened in America to where the government forces you to wear a badge or, or some identifier uh-huh. that says you've had COVID and now you're, uh-huh. you're clean. Yeah. Oh, wait, that's see, right. That one politician was recommending yeah. we do something like that. See, hmm. see, we in America, right, we, we've been fooled, right? We, we've been intellectually disarmed. We've always been told exactly that. Can't happen here. Can't happen here. We've always been told that. But yet, at the same time, we've inherently had it in our heads that fascism is going to come to the United States in the form of some type of a military overthrow, right? That's what it's going to come to us as. No, 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 no. See, now it's coming to you in the form of, well, you have to do it to save everyone else's life. You're the mm-hmm. you're the hero. You're the chosen one. You're the hero if if you do it, see? You have to do it. You have to wear this because you're saving lives. See, they have to make it about you. They have to make you feel like you're part of the bigger purpose and the bigger solution. Because if they do it the other way, then it doesn't work. Historically, it doesn't work. So, do they have to turn the attention. Home. Yeah, exactly. One world together at home, safe at home. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. You got Hollywood bums like Tom Hanks coming out. Good actor. Not not saying anything about his acting abilities. Right. But you got bums like him coming out saying the people that are the ones that are staying home and the ones that are wearing masks. They're the chosen ones. They're the saviors. They're the ones that are doing their part to better humanity and save lives. Give me a break with that nonsense. Give me a break with that nonsense. So you've got surging cases in the Bay Area, which is funny because I hear all this talk about all the cases are surging in uh, in the Bay Area. I think we have a lot to worry about all the time, says uh, University of California, San Francisco epidemiologist. This is clearly problematic. But yet when you go down through there, there's no mention of certain communities, let's say, namely homeless communities. There's no mention of that. How much are they spreading? How much are they out of control? Are you making them wear masks, too? 
Because I seriously doubt it. I seriously doubt it. Doctors are saying that the 4th of July will be a tipping point in the fight against coronavirus. So the D.C. mayor says that we should celebrate our 4th of July at home. See, if you want to go out and you want to torch a business, well, that's okay. You're protesting. That's your right. But if you want to celebrate our independence as a nation, then, well, you just want people to die. Do, do, Do we see how this works? Do we see the sick game that they're playing? It's crucial that this is out of Sacramento, okay? The Sacramento County Health Director, right, Dr. Peter Balinson, said this weekend is a tipping point. It's crucial that people not gather this weekend. There's no question that the actions people take this weekend can determine the future in the next couple of weeks and the next few months as well. I think it's definitely going to get worse after this weekend for sure. If you're going by these numbers, these overinflated numbers that are actually 15 times higher because you've you've documented that one person with a headache can now have COVID. And so by default, you have a tracer come back and say, well, these are the 16 other people that they were around. Well, we have to confirm them as cases as well. Of course, those numbers mm-hmm. are going to go up. Of course, they're going to go up. California is rolling back. Texas is rolling back, I believe, to an extent. Other states are rolling back. You got other fascist governors in America coming out saying that masks are mandatory. Do you, do you realize how miserable these people are, right? These these pathetic little dictators, these governors. Do you realize how miserable these people are? They're projecting that misery onto you. They like the fact that they can rule over you and you listen. They love that because they can't control and run their own life worth a damn. So, buddy, they're going to run yours. That's the way these sick people think. So, New York, New York, what's New York going to do with all this? Well, If you tell those people that are coming after you called contact tracers, you tell those people to go to hell. What are they going to do now? What's this? What's the criminal state going to do now? They're going to use subpoenas to now haul you into court and hold you legally responsible. Where was the where was the cry for this when you had people out there burning neighborhoods to the ground? Where was that call? Where where was the call to have those people arrested, send tracers after them to find them for burning down businesses? For, for causing a riot, for looting. Where were the calls to send tracers after them to get them identified, to haul them in on charges and put subpoenas out for their arrest? Where was that? But we're, we're going to tell people that, that come after you in the name of public health that if you don't listen, if you don't follow their guidelines, which, by the way, you can't you can't say you were at a protest, right? You can't even ask to one of these tracers. They say that the strategy, along with testing, which we talked about testing, how they're going to factor that one in, is critical Mm -hmm. to mitigating the future spread, officials say. But you can't ask if you've been to a protest. Don't you think that's kind of important? Don't you think that's a little relevant, maybe? Did you see all the people that were out in the streets of New York? Did you see Mayor de Blasio at the, uh, the BLM event on stage, surrounded by thousands of people, no masks on, no social distancing, while he's got a microphone in his hand, and now all of a sudden he's going to send all these people after you, all you good people of New York? It ends when we, the people, say it ends, and not a moment before. I'll say it again. Oh, New York, what are you doing? I honestly don't know what to say there. I don't know. I, I feel like I would. I, I would be like. I'd be one of those guys that if I if I did have to do the contact tracing thing, I'd be like, you know, tell me your your contacts and all that, whatever questions they ask you. I would always point back to, well, is that a riot or a protest? You know, I was out protesting. Who's the immediate people? Well, they were the protesters. Those are my. And just just say protesting and not give them any other information. That that's what I don't understand about this. If you're going to sit there and start subpoenaing people, why why should they tell you the truth at that point? 
like, okay, I'll answer your questions, but it's not going to be with the question, you know, the answers that you want. Uh, I, I don't know, man. It is, it's just, they said this wasn't going to happen. I wouldn't tell them anything. Yeah, plead the fifth. You get it, your, no, you go get your subpoena. You go do whatever you need to do. Okay. But this isn't going to work. That's my response. So you take whatever clipboard you got there and I'd be, they'd be lucky if I wouldn't grab it and smash them over the head with it. But then, you know, then of course you'd have, you'd have the police come and arrest you because they have to protect the little fascist. So, all right, anyway. Right. So, yeah, I, this is, this is absolutely ridiculous. We, we've talked about the numbers. We talked about the statistics, the, the forcing of masks, the forcing of social distancing, the forcing of the stay at home orders. Now this contact tracing and stuff. This is absolutely absurd. There is nothing backing this up scientifically. There is no data. And the data that all of them are claiming, oh, there's you know, going to be 100,000. We just went over why there will be 100,000. And in fact, if you, uh, I, I ran the numbers r- real quick. The numbers that we see today of the number of infected, confirmed infected, uh, assuming those numbers aren't the new procedures that they're using, right? And those are actual real numbers of, of positive tests, excluding the fact that 35% of the ones that are tested, the positive tests are actually false. We're, 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 we're overlooking that part, okay? That means there would be over 800,000 people currently today that are infected if, if under the new procedure that they're talking about. So... Uh, this is absolutely absurd. Now we are absolutely going to see a spike and they're going to try to force us to stay home again. It, it, this is absolutely infuriating. And as we talked yesterday, as we talked yesterday, they're currently cooking up because you actually you kind of I think unknowingly you kind of set the stage and the way that you talked it up. You said that they stopped count. Or excuse me. They haven't stopped counting because of the seasonal flu. Right. They haven't stopped counting, even though the seasonal mm-hmm. flu time is is over traditionally by the CDC, they cut it off and then the numbers start rolling for the next flu season. But they haven't stopped that this time around. Right. Now they have a new, quote, swine flu that they're cooking up in China. Right. You're Mm -hmm. starting to see those headlines as we were we were discussing yesterday, the G4, NA, H1, whatever the hell it is. Right. Yeah. They're cooking that up. I can now picture them trying to come back with a lockdown for the seasonal flu. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. This is the thing. We've kind of talked about it before. They can use this now for anything. They've proven the fact that they can skew the numbers, that they can cook the books, and they're not receiving any kind of repercussions from doing this. And they're they're getting they're grasping all this kind of control. And the only way to, you know, continue having a business or whatnot is if you're an essential business. So I mean do, do I get to keep my business if I've paid my my protection money? Is that is that what it boils down to? Is that if what we're, city, we're getting into? If you're in a city, yeah, you know, you'd have to pay your uh, you'd have to pay your operating fee to uh, uh, raz the warlord and chop. I think, right? Of course, I think he's probably under arrest by now. I hope. Well, I would hope so. Uh, but yeah, they they were actually um, like we said they were they were taking um, just an entry fee, a toll, if you will, you know, and. They were taking a tax, a, a protection money. Yeah. Which we'll get into chop here in just a second. From day one, they were extorting businesses in there. So yep. from, from day one, they were doing that. We'll get into chop here in just a second. So, yes, New York, get your act together, right? Throw that bum in the governor's mansion out, right? Throw that bum in the city mayor's office in Manhattan there. Throw him out. These are two useless pieces of garbage, right? Throw them out with the evening trash, all right? 
they're not doing you any favors. So, and I love New Yorkers. They're not doing you any favors. They are wrecking that state. Uber, right? Uber's on board. They say that uh, no mask, no ride. Uber will be requiring drivers and passengers to wear face masks indefinitely. Indefinitely. I'm done with Uber, if that's the case. I take Uber over here from time to time where I'm at. It's not bad. It's cheaper than a taxi. But if it has to be this, no, I'm good. Thanks. I, I don't need that. You just lost my business. Uber's extending its mask requirement indefinitely throughout the U.S. and Canada as coronavirus cases continue to rise across several states. We just explained why. The company previously said that both drivers and riders are required to wear masks during trips through June. On Wednesday, the company said that it will be extending that rule. Extending our no mask, no ride policy is the right thing to do, Uber said in a statement. We want to send a clear message to everyone using Uber that we all have a role to play in keeping each other safe. You hear this? You hear this? The decision was based on guidance from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Well... The company also notes that the public rise in coronavirus cases in Texas, New Mexico, and California are among the states with the infections trending upward. We just explained why. Which, by the way, I'm almost positive that little clip that we played and the way that those policies are being cooked up, I'm almost positive you're not going to see that in a newspaper. You're not going to see that on a television show anywhere. So if you want people to get that information, send them our way. We, we would really appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you in advance. And we're not the only ones covering that, by the way. Uber's also said that they are going to start sending notifications to riders, reminding them to wear a face covering before their driver arrives. Well, isn't that just sweet? How thoughtful of them. How thoughtful of them. Bruce, are you going to be taking an Uber ride anytime soon? Nope, I nope. will not. Okay. The federal government runs out of free face masks and the TSA also faces shortages. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Uh, I mean, look, here's the thing. <laughs> I'm okay with, for example, the culture in like the Asian countries, right? They typically, you know, Japan, China, and so on. Uh, I think uh, South Korea does the same thing. If you're sick, right, and you have to go out in public, you wear a mask. If you don't, it's considered rude, okay? I'm okay with that. That kind of a policy, hey, that's great. I mean, that's courteous. And it also lets me know that, you know, I, if, I, if I don't want to catch whatever cooties you have, I, you know, I, I keep my distance, right? Also, they have a hygiene and sanitation problem in well, a lot of parts of the world that, I mean, we, we in the West, if there's one thing that we've done over the last hundred years, especially, we've developed amazing breakthroughs in running water and sanitation. And when you have these breakthroughs in a society with running water and sanitation, diseases and, and medical problems disappear almost like that, right? But see, in a lot of places of China, what do they say about China? Like 80% of the country still doesn't have running water, something along those lines. You know, the other outward provinces, no disrespect to them, no disrespect to them mm -hmm. and no disrespect mm -hmm. to, the, to the other Asiatic countries. I know some places that just don't have running water. Mm -hmm. And parts of Africa don't have running water. That's why the disease is rampant down there. They don't have running water and sanitation like we in the West do. Therefore, you have higher cases of outbreaks, pandemics, epidemics, and disease. So we in the West, we've kind of moved past that. So the masks become almost, well, in this case, in this case, it's, it's completely irrelevant anyway. We proved it yesterday. They're irrelevant. But we are at less risk here in the West because of our hygienic practices, because of our sanitation practices, we're at less of a, of a risk of a pandemic or any kind of a local epidemic to arise. Not saying it's impossible. 
Of course, it's always possible, but we're at less risk. We can mitigate it a lot faster because we have those advances and we've worked hard for them. We've had to make a lot of sacrifices, a lot of advances in our societies and our cultures in order to do this. And so it gives us an extra layer of protection. It helps also with our uh, with our overall health in our society. So a lot of places in Asia don't have that. I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I didn't mean to interrupt. But it's a very important point to understand is that in Asia, hygiene is a little bit of an issue in certain parts. Right. Right. And in the countries that typically wear the masks, the parts of, the, of those countries that wear the masks, typically they have higher hygiene practices anyway. I mean, like uh, use Japan for an example. Yes. Very clean um, in Japan. Very clean. Very clean. Yeah. So, you know, that that is true, as you as you said, in, in the um, not as prosperous areas, which is another reason that we need free market system everywhere, you know. Just saying. Anyway, I'm just I'm so tired of this. They're just grasping for more control and they're going to use this for more and more control. Are they going to bring some kind of system around that uh, more or less? That's what they're doing with the social credit stuff, right? Your your social credit right now hinges on upon whether you're social distancing or wearing a mask, right? So I guess my score just dropped because uh, I'm not wearing a mask. I, I was out in public today and I was around, I don't know, 100, 150 people and, and I wasn't wearing a mask. What what my score drop to? <laughs> Probably zilch. And well, I was I indoors, mean, too. Let's be honest. I was indoors it's, of all things. I, I was indoors. Yeah, well, I was talking to people. Oh, it's, yeah. it was just. And Bruce, you believe, I saw I saw other people talking to other people, if you can believe Oof. it. Unbelievable. Yeah. The the amount of the amount of death that these people want. Mm. <laughs> so ridiculous. You're just you're just right. killing old people is all you're doing. <laughs> you know what? And as a matter of fact, one person that I talked to, uh, 75 years old, uh, n- nice, old, nice old fella. And I mean, you know, he, even he's like, come on, you know, really? It's like it, we're, people aren't going to stop living their life because of Oh well, you should be afraid. It's just all right. That's enough of that. Yes, they are. Uh, they are blowing those numbers way out of proportion. Okay, let's talk chop. Yeah, let, let's talk chop. Mm-hmm. The it. Seattle police are in chop as we speak. As we speak right now, they are in chop, clearing it out, making arrests after the mayor said that protesters have been ordered to leave. I thought it was going to be the summer of love. What happened mm. to that? Police in Seattle converged on the city's protest zone early Wednesday, making arrests and sweeping through the streets that demonstrators had occupied demonstrators had occupied for weeks to protest police brutality and systemic racism. Huh. Mayor Jenny Durkin issued an executive order for protesters to vacate the area after they showed up at her house last night, by the way. She's failing to mention that. And police said that they were in the area Wednesday to enforce the order. Happily, I might add. The decision to clear the area, first known as the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, or CHAZ, and then the Capitol Hill Occupied Protest, or CHOP, comes after a string of violence in the area. String of violence. String of violence. Can, can you imagine if this had been, say, oh, I don't know, uh, right-wing extremists out there doing this? Can you imagine the media storm over something like this? Can you imagine how that would have gone down? We don't have to. They had the right-wing extremists out there with their guns protesting the lockdowns and you've seen how much violence that brought nothing by the way at least two fatal shootings which it's more than that we counted at least four i think two fatal shootings occurred in chop in recent weeks and the police say other shootings right yeah of course here we go police say other shootings robberies violence have occurred since protests first took over the area and first abandoned the precinct or the police abandoned the precinct seattle Mm -hmm. police chief carmen best said that she supports peaceful protests but enough is enough the chop has become lawless and brutal. Of course it has. Seattle police. I don't like that narrative. What do you mean? 
I don't like the. Okay, so they said that the police abandoned the precinct. No, the mayor abandoned the precinct. Yes, she told them to pull back. And the police yeah, chief, it, it to her credit, police. yeah, to, to her credit, the, the police chief out there, to her credit, she did say that she didn't want to make that call. Yeah. She did say that. In essence, by her saying that on television, she pinned that on the mayor. Yeah, she did. She apologized so, to the other officers and yeah. Police said on Twitter that they had made at least 31 arrests and officers were responding to the area with additional protective gear as they believe suspects in recent crimes may be in the area and others may be armed. Yeah, I fully expect them to meet with armed conflict. Police were seen with riot gear and bikes forming lines along the streets and marching through the area as demonstrators were pushed back. Officers tore down fences, cleared trash, and poked around the bushes. Well, might want to be careful poking around the bushes. Uh, most protesters had left several hours after the police began clearing the area around 5 a.m. Well, I thought they were all standing united. I, I thought they were all down mm. there uh, showing a united front as as comrades and, and standing w- in solidarity with one another. So the police right. started around 5 o'clock in the morning, and you all ran? How are you people ever supposed to keep power if you run when you get one pushback like that? You think the police are going to push back on you. Do you have any idea if you anger enough of true American patriots? Do you have any idea what those people are going to do? (laughs) I assure you, you'll be begging for the police. A loud bang was heard around 6.15 a.m., followed by a cloud of smoke. There's your tear gas, Bruce. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Though there were no clear signs of major clashes between police and protesters, of course they weren't. They probably just got down in the fetal position and urinated on themselves. (laughs) By mid-morning, that's what they've been taught to do in in the colleges. Uh-huh. By mid-morning, police say they were providing perimeter security as the city crews were cleaning up the area. Heavy equipment was brought in to remove concrete barriers and debris was taken away on trucks. But yes, unfortunately, the um, the utopia has been uh, dismantled. And it's it's a, it's a real shame to see because, I mean, you know, they were they were they were having real progress there, don't you think? I mean, the way that they were getting started on their agriculture, which I don't think they even got one single tomato out of it. Because they didn't have enough time. I don't think you can grow tomatoes in three weeks on newspaper and potting soil. But I mean, I, I could be wrong. But unfortunately, pizza boxes. pizza boxes. Yeah, it's unfortunately mm-hmm. it's been shut down, though. So, I mean, I, I don't know if they've gotten all of the protesters. I did hear yesterday when I was looking through some other stuff that the so-called leaders like Roz and the rest, you know, the, the warlord down there, mm-hmm. they're all going mm-hmm. to. Uh, make their last stand at the East Precinct where the police building was or something. That That's where they're all going to go. So who knows? Who, who knows? Uh, I, I really don't have any idea. But uh, yeah, that's that's chop. Chop's done. Chop's been chopped. And it's long As overdue. It should be. Yeah, it's long overdue. I, I uh, did hear that they have locked, more or less locked themselves into the precinct. That was the last thing I've heard on that. Okay. And yeah. Supposedly right. they're, they're, yeah, that's their last stand, if you will. Mm-hmm. Do we want to end on a positive note? It's all alive and we're all fine. Everything's fine. (laughs) Let's talk election stuff here for just a second. Let's talk some primaries. Mm -hmm. Right. Trump backed a five term Republican lawmaker in Colorado. Right. Your home state of Colorado. That person lost. They lost and they lost to a new person onto the scene. Now, CNN's calling her a far right challenger, right? A far right challenger. And they make special emphasis on the fact that she's on the far right. Now, when I saw this woman, she is standing there wearing a shirt with the U.S. Constitution on it. That's far right. That's where we are. Compared to where we currently are. Yes, she is far right. But in reality, Donald Trump is a centrist. He's in the middle. Yes, he is. He's a benign, nice guy in the middle. Yeah. 
And they're calling him right wing? No, no. They've Overton windowed us so much that we're thinking, well, yeah, you know, middle is far right. No, <laughs> no. Right typically is constitutionalists. That is the right. The far right is a made up make-believe thing. It doesn't really exist in America. There is no far right. Unless you're, uh, I guess it depends on what graph you're looking at. You know, there's a lot of graphs out there. To explain I'll tell you what, Bruce, groups. first first of the week, right? We're going to do, by the way, next week, next week's going to be an interesting week. Next week, we're going to do, yes, next week, you and I, let's work in our left versus right, our extreme right versus extreme left. Let's work that in next week. So sounds good. You and I will sit down because it's time. It's time. They're calling this. They're calling this woman who who won this election. They're calling her the Republican primary in in uh, Colorado. They're calling her far right. Which everything that she's supporting, I don't see how that's how that's true. She says that this is some of the stuff. Right, the Democrats. Right, of course they they instantly jumped on her, uh, and they're saying that of course she sympathizes with this Q movement or what whatever this is, which is a pro Trump deep state conspiracy theory. Well, those people that are operating in that part of the government, that's not a conspiracy theory. It's a conspiracy, but it's not a theory. There's a mm-hmm. difference between a conspiracy fact and a conspiracy theory. There's a big difference. Right. Conspiracy is a real thing. That's a real thing. Believe me, I used to bust up for conspiracies. Sorry, what? I said you go to prison for it. Conspiracy. You do. You do. I've put people in prison for it. It's organized crime. It's a conspiracy. That's what it is. So anyway, she is a staunch Second Amendment advocate. Oh, no, no. She owns. Oh, this is it, Bruce. She owns her own business. She owns her own oh. business. She owns a local restaurant called Shooter's Grill. The humanity. Oh, and oh, now this is even worse. This is even worse. Mm-hmm. This this is this one right here. This takes it all made famous for encouraging its staff to open carry. Can you believe? Can you believe the gall of this woman, the gall of this woman to openly defy public health orders and reopen a business during that pandemic? How dare you? How dare you? I'm uh, I'm actually curious uh, now where this is, uh, where this business is, because uh, they, they might garner my business if I'm ever in Colorado again. It is in the Colorado's third congressional district. So if you want to look that up, that's uh, that's yeah, Shooter's Grill. That's where she ran. So I'm assuming her business is is there. She she owns her own business there. But she says uh, she, she was doing an interview with an Internet show called Steel Truth in May. And she said she was very familiar with the conspiracy of this Q movement thing, this deep state conspiracy thing. She says, I'm familiar with that. And so that's more, I guess, apparently that's like her mom's thing. She says that she's a little fringe, but she tries to keep things on track and positive. She says, I'm very familiar with the movement, though. Everything I've heard of Q, I hope that this is real because it, it only means America is getting stronger and better and that people are returning to conservative values. And that's what I'm for. How are we supposed to get through anything, Bruce, with right wing extremists like this? How are we supposed to do it? People owning their own businesses that advocate for open carry and openly defying public health orders. How are we supposed to how are we supposed to function as a nation with with extremists like this? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I pulled up just the, the area that she's in. Right. The third congressional district covers mm-hmm. a large swath of Colorado. It's like the Western Slope. So that's it's pretty much everything west of Denver. And it goes south. Uh, anyway, uh, to, to answer your question, I'm, I'm actually happy uh, for for Colorado electing a um, such a staunch 
right wing conservative. That's yes. great. Uh, hopefully, this is, hopefully that'll be good for the state. Yes, this is precisely what needs to happen in there. This is exactly like the the, the young gentleman, the 24 year old that was just elected to represent the Republican ticket down in North Carolina in the 11th district down there. So uh, Madison, uh, I can't think of his last name. We were talking about him just the other day. So it's just like that. But she has said there's a battle for the heart and soul of our country and that I intend on helping win. I'm running for Congress to stand up for our conservative values, to address our current representatives failed promises, very astute woman, and put far left Democrats back in their place. Lady, you got my support. You got my support. Good on you. Good on you. I hope you make it. So we will uh, we'll see her in November. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting note. I can see why she won that just from the pictures of the two. You noticed that, too. I wasn't going to say anything about that, but yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You have you have attractive woman that's uh, younger aged and then you have old white guy who's been there for four decades. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, right, right. So I, I totally see why she won just based on looks alone. <laughs> well, regardless of of whether or not looks play a factor, which to me, it doesn't matter. I don't care. I don't care if it's nah. the I could care less. I care about what someone stands for. And if yeah. she takes these stances that she's talking about, forget this Q stuff, right? I, I don't follow that stuff, mm-hmm. but whatever. That started as a 4chan thing. So or 8chan, whatever those people are, which they do some good work sometimes. Thing. Yeah, but they, they do some good. They bring some interesting points out sometimes. But this whole Q thing, I, I don't follow it, so I don't know anything about it. I just know that it's this thing that they talk about, with like this deep state and conspiracy and all that stuff. I really don't follow that. However, the things that she does stand up and talk about when she talks about the Second Amendment, when she owns her own business, she owns her own business. And it's a public service that she's providing to the community that she lives in. And now she's being elected to try and run for that seat in her district to try and represent her community at the national level and continue to run her business. So what exactly is the problem here? This is precisely what needs to be happening. You need to have people who have businesses in the districts that they live in go and represent those districts at the national level to make improvements for those districts. You want to actually do that? We can fix the country. We can fix the country. I'm also a staunch advocate for legislating from your district. You're not supposed to be, for those that don't know, if you're an elected official in D.C. in the Senate or in the House of Representatives, you're not supposed to be in D.C. unless you're voting on something. You're not supposed to be there. These people that have been there, there have been career politicians that have four, five, six, eight houses like Bernie Sanders, right? These people that have been there for all this time, they live in D.C., They don't live in their district. They have to have a residence there, but they don't live there. So their districts go to hell. They go back and give a nice speech every once in a while and they lie to the public and they get back in there. Now, I'm not saying everyone's like that. There are people in there that represent their districts and they do a very good job at it. That's a minority. That's a minority in there. So I'm a firm believer in the fact that they need to be legislating from their district. They can vote electronically. We can have that secured. 535 votes. We can secure that. We can get that one figured out. Whatever that has to be, however we do it, that can be taken care of. When you're not voting on something, if you're a representative of your district, when you're not voting on something, where are you? You're not in D.C. You're not having dinner. You're not at a cocktail party. You're not in a meeting in a smoky back room somewhere making a deal with a lobbyist, which is a gangster with a briefcase, giving you campaign contributions. That's not your job. When you are not voting on something, your behind is supposed to be back in your district working a nine to five job with the community. That's how it's supposed to be. Enough of this career politician garbage. That time's over, right? You, you people had your party, okay? That time's over. Your time's done. So I don't know how this is going to work. 
going forward, but we're going to have to sit down and figure it out. We're going to have to have a national debate when we get some new blood in there and we get all you old trash cleaned out and we'll have to figure it out going forward. That doesn't mean overthrow the system. That doesn't mean we need to go through and we need to revise everything. We just need to get back to our founding principles. That's all that means. But we can do it while keeping the new age in mind and we can fix our country. We can fix it. I'm a firm believer in that. We can fix it. So that's all I had today, Bruce. Is there anything else you want to touch on today? Um, no, I think pretty good. Okay. All right. For those of you who have not and you would like to, please do give us a follow over on the social media platform called Parler. And let me be specific here. When I say Parler, I mean P-A-R-L-E-R. Parler, not P-A-R-L-O-R. There's a difference. There's two different apps. The one we are on is spelled P-A-R-L-E-R. Okay, that's the one. So I guess I need to be specific now. But I think pretty much everybody can get the idea whenever they're looking for it. It's going to be the one with the uh, the red logo. So it's that's the one you're looking for. You're not looking for the white logo. But anyway, you can follow me over there. We welcome all your comments, your feedback, your follows, your echoes, all, all that stuff. We welcome all that. And we really do like hearing from you as the listener and giving us feedback on things that either you like, you don't like, things that we should improve on, that type of thing, because that's how we get better. That's how we create better content for you, the listener. And so if you give us a follow over there, we would really appreciate that. You can follow me. I'm at Anderson 3 You can also follow Marty at Marty Foster. Thank you for your time today, Bruce. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.